I've cheated the Grim Reaper more times than anyone I know. And I'll fight like a wildcat until they nail the lid on my pine box down on me. Hello and welcome to episode 496 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a comics and MS episode. Little bit of comics, little bit of MS, little bit of whatever. That was a quote by Eddie Rickenbacker. Uh, we haven't done much in about a week. Been having some issues, which we'll talk about more in the MS segment. And then just trying to get everything done and stuff taking a shit out of us, on us, of course, and breaking down we had a wash machine flooding this last weekend we had our dryer take a shit on us it's just so we gotta get a new washer and dryer it's every winter the trucks got some engine lights on that won't go off when i hit the re do the reset with the pedals and stuff so it's obviously something that needs to be looked at. So I got to get that in. And damn it, now that I think about it, I was going to do an oil change the other day when I was down the road from the place and I totally forgot about it. I should have went back and did it. Oh, I know why I didn't. I came out of the building I stopped at and it was just fist-sized snowflakes coming down and there was snow all over the ground. So I'm like, screw it. Just head back to the house and deal with stuff later. But we have a halfway decent pile of comics still to get caught up on. So we might as well get going on that. Starting out with Crush and Lobo. This is one the wife picked up at a sale. I'm like, yeah. I did want to learn about Lobo's daughter, Crush, and get a little feel for these characters. I like, I like her attitude. I like the way she goes about things. Uh, in this storyline, she's basically... The only relationship issues and father issues. Relationship issues with a girlfriend and relationship issues with her father. And it was just fun getting to see the basis to the crush character. Looks like the... And this is part of the Pride Month covers and crushes the best girlfriend ever. Shut up, I believe is the storyline for this one. But it was interesting seeing how Lobo's daughter is so much different than he is. Which we can only hope for. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit out of touch with today's reality. We'll get a little 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style play in here with a brain creature that <laughs> it reminds me of the I uh, can't think of the name of it now the the brain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like can't Crane him and there's some metal robots in here that kind of remind me of Crane style. Uh, figures that you would see in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world, but doesn't matter. The story was fun. I got to learn about another character. One of which I want to know more about. I want to see where she goes. I uh, was a fan of Lobo in my early days. I just haven't read much of Lobo in a long time. So this is a good way to get caught up on everything. Then we got Fearless Dawn. Now that was, by the way, done by D yeah DC Comics for DC Pride Month. Next up, we got Fearless Dawn number one from Asylum Press. This is a signed edition that I picked up also came with some extra goodies along with it along with your certificate of authenticity but in here Fearless Dawn has to go into the belly of the beast and deal with some superhuman military characters. And we get a kind of a Flash Gordon type character in this one that was kind of fun. <laughs> kind of Flash Gordon on the light side. And it was a, just another good look at the World War II-ish style storylines with like zombified growth hormone type, <laughs> type creatures that basically military madmen that take their soldiers and turn them into monsters and fearless dawn goes in to try and save the day and so far everything i've read of hers has been enjoyable so i'm looking forward to more stuff including this one i'd like to see a bunch more of these i think the one I just talked about is part of a four-issue run, maybe. I'm thinking it was planned to be, but all I have at the moment is the first one. But we also got this Fearless Dawn number one one-shots, Fearless Dawn shorts by Asylum Press. This was a blast. I'd love to see a bunch more of these. Uh... We got stuff 
written and illustrated by Steve Banyan. Yeah, pre-press and designed by Dan Berger. Publishing by Frank Forte. And it just starts out with Run, which is basically a zombie-style story. Uh, or Fairless Dawn just goes into this house full of monsters and she deals with what comes from it. And then we get Devil's Den, which is a family out and about just on a vacation, comes across a bunch of dead folks from one of the worst wars there ever was. Or thousands upon thousands upon thousands of soldiers were just slaughtered just because of the stupid style of warfare that they had back in those days and just so much mindless killing but that's what happens with war and we get general mud which basically shows a variety of characters and military people trying to deal with a big muddy battlefield and all the hassle that comes along with it we get a black and white jack the ripper story which is an interesting look at what could have happened to the jack the ripper character we get another fight story with Between Fearless Dawn and the opposing uh, military's own style Fearless Dawn character. We watch them two battle it out through all this and you get some nice art pages and stuff in here. This is a lot of fun. I hope they do more of these. I'd rather have these than the regular storyline. I like the shorts. They're done. They're complete. They're get everything you want all in one little package. And you're not waiting a month or two for the next part of the story to come out. just nice when you can get it all all right away I, mean, I don't I I've kind of went to the one shots now I'm kind of finishing off some runs that I'm part of and then I'm just gonna stick with the one shots and go back to the trades it's like you get the extra goodies in the trade paperbacks anyways plus all the covers it's like They don't have the value. They don't hold the value like the single issues do. But, and let's be honest, it's, you can collect as much shit as you want, but all it takes is one bad day and of water damage or mold or something like that, and your whole collection's ruined anyways. So why not get them and 
collected issues and get the whole story if that's what you want to read. Especially like this one. I know it's a little too late here. I'm going to have to catch up on the issues I'm missing. I think they're already up to pre-orders on number eight or nine of this run, but we got Grimm from Boom Studios, Stephanie Phillips, Flaviano, Rico Renzi. We talked about the fourth one, liked it a lot, went back the sale and I told the wife go ahead and get their whatever else they have that we can fill in the holes on that run she got a hold of one two three and five so we got the first five issues at least three four and five are the interesting foilish style covers and then one and two are standard covers, but let's we'll fix that eventually in the future. But <laughs> I like the foil ones better with the cardstock. But this story, we uh, basically have a Grim Reaper goes off, gets a soul. Soul doesn't want to go, isn't ready to accept his death yet after he died in a drunk driving accident and because of that he steals her reaper staff and tries to escape she has to hunt him down she gets punished for losing her staff uh, she's got a couple friends kind of like a old uh, rocker and just another casual guy that just, they're great partners for her in this storyline. Uh, lots of interesting things happen because of what she did. We get to see some other interesting characters along the way that happened to appear because of her or have some type of relationship to her and you just I really suggest if you like that anything with the Grim Reaper storylines uh, looking at who's controlling hell and all that stuff you're into that type of material definitely get on this grim run it's highly interesting i don't know what the plan is how long it's gonna go but if they're at least at eight i'm sure they'll go at least to 12 issues probably a lot further than that because this story could definitely go for a while depending on how they go about it but I don't know. I'll stay on it probably up until 12. And then if it goes beyond that, I'll probably trade out the rest of it. But it was so much fun. I just, I really love the Grim from Boom Studios. And it's just G-R-I-M. 
And then next up, we had Kid Slapshot versus Major Extreme. Number one, I believe it's a one-shot. I don't think there's any more coming out for this uh, right now, at least. Hopefully in the future we'll see more stuff. But this was just as fun as the last clip, last few Kid Slapshot related items that we read and talked about. Uh, Kid Slapshot keeps getting upgrades. <laughs> but we get to see our Watcher character finally appear again. And see what he's up to. He decides to mess with Kid Slapshot by presenting another character. And Kid has to deal with it. Uh, I don't want to ruin the story for you. It's just as fun and wonderful as the last Kid Slapshot storyline that came out. Same layout, you got your a pull-out poster in the center, great artwork, and unlike the original Kid Slap, or slap Shots, we got uh, colored versions. I can honestly say the colored version's better. It just pulls it together so nicely. Very well done. But, uh... Yeah, we got Kid, we got his little zombie head buddy, we got a new extreme character, and we get to see the Watcher again, and see where what's up with him, and what he's going to do to Kid Slapshot. And this is by Keen Spot Entertainment. Definitely check it out. Uh, there's a couple newer versions out so far of the Kid Slapshot comics. So I suggest hopping on them. It's done by Troy Dungara. Colors by Billy Parker. Edited by Rob Potchak. And published by Keen Spot Entertainment. And, of course, they get a lot of fun covers with these, with different artists. So, check it out. Find the ones you like and get them. Next up, we got Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Anniversary Spectacular, number one, one shot. This is uh, by Archie Comics, of course. Uh, they're celebrating 60 Years of Magic, so Sabrina's been around for 60 years. There's an all-new character introduced in this one, Amber Nightstone. So it's your opportunity to get a first appearance comic. And you get to see Kat Katrina, Sabrina, and Amber battle it out, deal with their issues. We also get a nice little yarn yarn story that just takes us 
Uh, takes a look at what you could do if you had abilities to change things in your life. And, of course, it's a fun story related with uh, Salem, her cat, and some yarn. Uh, there's a Sabrina in Sun Fun, which is a beach party. Little quick story that was fun. There's a little Sabrina story with bats all folks, which just happens to deal with her learning some musical instruments and a bunch of bats in a belfry. We get Sabrina in color coded, which she wants, sees a jacket she wants and gets in trouble by using the ways that she does to get things. And uh, we also get a little information on our new character, Amber Nightstone. We get to learn a little bit more about her in the back of the book. But yeah, this is a lot of fun, as always. Sabrina is usually a good, goofy, all, all ages, fun comic. And then, in the Archie style, but yet a little more adultish, we have Super Suckers Binge Book number two, a bloody good vampire comic. It says from Sit Comics. It this was a blast. Uh, the first one. And this one, they do well by giving you complete storylines. And your characters are dealing with living life, being vampirized, getting a little bit of vampirism in their life, not having the ability to use mirrors anymore when you got Betty and Veronica style characters that pretty much live in front of a mirror and it's just a really fun look at kids in this way and a bunch of relationship issues that come with it all and then you get of course your fan letters section and then there's kind of a advertisement they like doing advertisements in here between the stories and their stories by themselves so it's nice how they how they work those out and then we get some short story teasers of what i really hope is going to be comics in the future and there's a mouse one that i really want to read see where this one goes and there's other ones that you'll see throughout this book that just highly interesting i could see checking out just about all of them but let's buy sit comics super suckers binge book number two if you're into vampires stuff and goofy Archie stuff, that'd definitely be for you. But yeah, 
It was a fun, fun little pile of comics this week. Uh, yeah, we're finally getting caught up on our back backlog of stuff, and it's time to start reading some fresh things again. Uh, let's see here. We got anything good from Garfield to? Finish off this portion. Let's see. This one says it's a bit suggestive, but funny. I got John sitting there cutting pages out of a paper, out of a magazine or something. He's making himself an outfit out of it. He says, I've really done it this time, Garfield. Garfield's thought balloon says, oh boy. I've made a suit out of the Sunday funnies. Now when women come up to me to read the comics, I'll say something funny, if you know what I mean. And Garfield's just walking with his hand on his head like, oh no, John, you're such a loser. What the hell's wrong with you? Why are you my owner? <laughs> All you do is embarrass me. And then he, John just happens across a jogger and she's checking him out, looking at the comic outfit, and all of a sudden it starts raining. Next thing you know, she it starts downpouring, and then she's looking down at him in his standing in his underwear. And she says, your punchline is showing. <laughs> Garfield's thought balloon says, now that's funny. <laughs> uh, Garfield's sleeping. His alarm clock goes off. His alarm clock looks like a hamburger. Goes slowly walking towards John. John says, morning, Garfield. Morning, John, Garfield's thought balloon says as he sees John as a giant walking sausage with a carrot on a plate. And you see Garfield walking, crunching on the carrot, saying, Morning, Pookie. This Pookie looks like a big old drumstick from a turkey. Morning, Odie. As Odie goes hopping by, looking like a bunch of different fruit. And Garfield walks past a mirror, and his image of the mirror is a giant ice cream cone with ears and legs. And he just looks at the screen and says, I gotta get off this diet. <laughs> Alright, try one more. Garfield's looking around. Grabs something. Pencil. Grabs another thing. Change. Grabs another thing. Comb. Another thing, corn chips. Another thing, fork, as he's eating the corn chips. Aha! The remote control. You see a ton of shit piled in front of his couch. He's digging through the couch to find the remote. Alright. Oh, I guess we can do one more. You got John sleeping. Garfield the dick cat coming up probably about four in the morning. 
to wake him, starts making faces. John's just snoring away. John wakes up, yawns a little bit, opens his eyes to see Garfield's scary face, and goes jumping to the ceiling. Yeah! Garfield's thought blue and says, good things come to those who wait. My cat is just terrible about that. Has to wake you up. Be a dick as much as he can. Alright, that's good enough. Tried some comics. They weren't that great. But oh well. What you gonna do? Uh, we're running out of time, so we will get back to you with the health portion right after this. All right. Start off talking about my issues. Apparently, I'm not allowed to sleep anymore. I got the... I'm pretty sure I've talked about it where I'm getting electrified. Well, I did have the issues where I had the night's where one arm and one leg would just spasm. It would have, like, electrical feelings, and that would cause me to do certain movements with the arms and legs and feet and hands. Well, now, almost every time I try and lay down, my right arm from the toes all the way from my fingertips all the way to my toes in my right foot on to my right side into my groin into my leg into my feet i'm being electrocuted every few seconds and it's a weird style kind of electrocution that causes you to make certain movements with your limbs and it is not fun at all uh the first time i basically kept the wife up and cuz i was getting just getting, just spasming out all night long so now as soon as it starts i got to get up go upstairs sit in a chair until i'm dead tired to the point that i can't can hardly stay awake and then try and grab the damn cat go downstairs fighting with him and then he runs around and acts like a jackass because he's like well we're up these these hours isn't this something new aren't we doing this all the time so i'm trying to fall asleep as soon as i hit the bed before the spasms start up again and then he starts climbing on shit and knocking shit off stuff and waking shelly up and so then i wake up and then i'm back to where i was and then i gotta get up again and go sit upstairs try and ride it out for another hour or so and then try and come back down and go to bed and just why bother might as well just stay up forever. <laughs> Until my body just completely shuts down. Because I'm sick and tired of this shit. 
I went to a pain patch because they sent me to pain management because I want off the stupid mouth patches. And uh, I had to wait. Well, luckily, I got in a couple months earlier than I was. Otherwise, I would have had to wait till next year to see him. I go into the pain management guy, and he's like, you shouldn't even be here. He's like, you're, you have secondary progressive MS. If your neurologist or your PCP can't accept that you need the, a pain medication and can help you get the right one, then he's like, I mean, if you have to, you can come back to me. I'll help you any way I can, but they should be able to take care of it. So I wasted like eight months waiting for this freaking appointment, did my research, went in there, told them about a pill I wanted to go to that's basically the same as the patch that my wife told me about. And uh, he's like, well, the patch is what we usually prescribe. I don't know nothing about the pill. I've never prescribed that. Why don't you give this a shot? I did. And I had breathing problems. I had where my pulse was completely stopping. Uh, I was laying in bed the first night. And the pulse would do this thing where it just slowed and then all of a sudden one slow thump and then it didn't do nothing for the longest time and all of a sudden it kicks in again and I'm like great I'm gonna die in my sleep because I'm starting to doze off and this is gonna keep getting worse they tell you not to rub the patch when you put it on but yet, all the areas that you can put it on are areas that I'm going to sleep against anyways, half the time. So, I'm just putting pressure on the patch when I'm sleeping. So, who knows how much extra medication I'm getting in my system. It's designed, it's supposed to release like a little medication every hour. But the next day I woke up, I'm sitting in my chair in the morning, and all of a sudden my breathing issues are getting worse, my pulse is getting worse, it just, I couldn't take it anymore, I'm like, that's it, I'm done, I peeled the patch off, said screw it, I'm not, not going this road, I don't like something I can't control that has a week's worth of medication in it. And I have no idea how it's really getting regulated into my system. If I touch the patch, it's getting more medication than it would if I don't touch the patch or whatever. That's just not right. So I went off that. Contacted my PCP, told her what was up. Said I don't care. I just went off. 
I want off the mouth patches, but I went back to them to get off the skin patch, the weekly skin patch. And I'm like, let's just wean me off these damn things. I'll just live with the pain. Find other ways to medicate it for now. And then if we have something we want to try in the future, we can. So, they sent in a script for my Bellbuca patch because I was down to a few. They never got the script out. Well, the script needed a certain sign-off on it, so they couldn't fill it. So I'm down to like three patches right now, but I haven't taken one in two days. i just been kind of like started going one a day, then one every other day, and now one every three days. I had an appointment scheduled, a VR appointment with my PCP, and she uh, had to cancel this week because of family emergency, so we had to reschedule that, and by the time I see her next, I'll be out of patches, so I told her nurse, but her nurse is like, well, we called it in, and it's like, well, yeah, you called it in, but it needs a, whatever it is, a PA or whatever, I don't know what some type of signature thing, sign off because it's an opioid. I don't want to be on the shit anyways. I don't care. I'm just going to wean myself off it. I've heard 10 days to get weaned off it. I've heard well, through the company and stuff, it's not that bad. It's about 10 days to wean off it. But when I read customer testimonies, sounds like it's a nightmare to wean off it. So we'll see what happens. I ain't too worried. I've been, I've gone on and off stuff before without issues. I can handle a couple of weeks of hell if I have to. It's not like every day of my life isn't a little bit of hell with this damn disease. So we'll see what happens, but we're going to have to find some different types of pain management options, I guess. I'd love to hear if anybody has any that are working good for them. But you also have to be someone that's like secondary progressive or primary progressive. I don't want to hear someone that's newly diagnosed telling me that well i take an aspirin once a day and i feel great it's like, <laughs> that don't work i mean even with this damn electrocuting limb issues when i'm trying to sleep it's like we got uh I'm taking, oh, almost 30 milligrams of melatonin when I try to go to bed. I have my 
muscle relaxers that I take for my spasticity issues at night. And I've been taking, uh, the past few nights, I also took Tylenol PM. All that in my system, and I'm still laying there awake. I can't fall asleep. And the issues are just a freaking nightmare. Once you do start to doze off, you have a spasm. You get an electrical zap. You got to move your body certain ways. Yeah, it's just a freaking nightmare. So, yeah, that's why I'm so behind and haven't been getting much of anything out lately. I'm just too damn tired and so beat from not sleeping. I'm living off maybe maybe two, three hours of sleep a night if I'm lucky. But most of the time you finally fall asleep and then I wake up and it's my left arm that's going off. It's like, why does it jump from the right side to the left side when I'm sleeping? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to my neurologist. I'm just kind of putting it off because I'm seeing him again in a few months. So why bother him with sending a bunch of questions and having to do virtual appointments and stuff like that to talk it over? I'll just wait till I see him if I'm still alive and (laughs) getting enough sleep to keep my body going. But yeah, I have a feeling by the time I see him and we are, that is going to be when I have my next MRI and I have a feeling that this next MRI is going to show some new lesions, sadly. And or some growth of my other lesions, but what you gonna do? Now I got a hard thing underneath my left breast. <laughs> uh, I don't think is my normal skin issue, pimple stuff. This thing hurts, so it's probably a good chance that I got freaking breast cancer. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me the way everything's been going lately. It's just one thing after another going wrong. But let's look at some myths and facts about MS and pain. Let's see, spasticity and spasms are common with MS and can be painful. Normally, our central nervous system finds a balance between muscles that flex and muscles that extend. So that's kind of what I'm... It's like it's making me flex my arms in certain positions and certain directions. Sometimes it makes me close and open my hands or bend my foot a certain way. Or It's just... Uh, so annoying it's like every couple seconds and it's such a weird electrocuting feeling that i can't fully explain it the only way i can say it is by saying it's electrocuting but 
it's not like the electrocution I get from the Hermes syndrome where I bend my neck. It's more of a, I got like tart stuck in my head when I try and explain this all the time, but it's not a taste, but it's a really weird style of electrocution feeling. I can't exactly explain it. I mean, maybe they'll talk about it in here somewhere, but. Uh, let's see. MS upsets that normal balance and results in both spasticity and spasms. Spasticity is a state of continuous increased muscle tone, while spasms are sudden waves of increased muscle tone. Either can result in discomfort, recognizing the signs and symptoms of spasticity and spasms is the first step in dealing with them. A stepwise approach to treating spasticity and spasms is typically employed. They start with removing any noxious stimuli that might provoke spasms. This could be an awkward seating situation, a poorly fitted brace, or a UTI. Stretching and rehabilitation is the next step and should never be overlooked. Uh... They have oral medications such as baclofen and tizanidine, both of which I have. Cannabinoids, medical marijuana may also be useful for more difficult situations. We may look at Botox injections and intrathecal baclofen pumps, which I don't really want to have a pump installed in my body yet. I'd like to wait. I'm really old (laughs) if I live that long to have it then but I mean the issues I'm having between my ear issues and these issues I might have to go to the nerve thing where they cut the nerves just kill all my feeling in my body uh Some people with MS benefit from an increase in extensor tone in the legs as it may help overcome weakness and aid in transfers. Similarly, when thinking about an intrathecal baclofen pump, a team approach is best. Yeah, I'll just wait till I am down to that as the last option. Uh, Central neuropathic pain is another cause for discomfort directly related to MS. Neuropathic pain may be burning in nature or cause hypersensitivity to touch. Some people have tingling, buzzing, or crawling sensations that become painful. Got them all. These symptoms are due to disruptions in the normal sensory pathways in the spinal cord or brain from demyelination. While these symptoms can be quite like those caused by a peripheral neuropathy, the location of the sensory disruption is different between the two. Peripheral neuropathies, such as those seen in some people with diabetes, are because of damage in the peripheral nerves outside of the central nervous system. Again, the symptoms and even the treatment can be similar between central neuropathic pain and peripheral neuropathy, neuropathy. Uh, you can manage it with medications. 
like anti-convulsant drugs and antidepressant drugs. Anti-convulsant drugs frequently work by decreasing abnormal electrical cross between crosstalk between nerve fibers. This makes them potentially useful for managing neuropathic pain. Options include gabapentin, neurontin, pregabalin, lyrica, carbamazepine, tegretol, and oxcarbazine, which is trileptol. It can also be neuropathic pain can also be attacked through the modulation of neurotransmitters like serotonin or neuro nor norepinephrine. This is where antidepressant medications may help. Yeah, amitriptyline, which is elevil, nortriptyline, which is pamelor, deluxetine, cymbalta, venlafaxine, which is effexor. And desvenlafaxine, which is Prestige, are some of the possible options. And a curious phenomenon with pain in MS is that it is frequently worse at night. It's, yes, it is. Way worse. We see this with both spasms and with central neuropathic pain. This may mean that sleep is disrupted and daytime fatigue is magnified. Pain that occurs primarily at night also presents a fat cat that jumps on your lap without telling you. (laughs) What do you want? Huh? A little pain in my ass. Yeah. You just want freaking attention again, don't you? Uh, let's see, what was I talking about? Before you interrupted me, you painted my ass. Let's see, we see this with both spasms and with central neuropathic pain. This may mean that sleep is, yeah, we talked about that. Uh, possible treatment advantage in that. They don't have to worry as much about sedation since it's nighttime. That's more active since you're taking the medications at bedtime. As with spasms, cannabis may be a treatment option for central neuropathic pain. Not in Wisconsin because, God forbid, we have something that doesn't cause side effects, doesn't kill us. Can't use that. Government's too against that. Idiots. I just hope everyone in their family and them all get some type of really fucked up disease. <laughs> and they can learn what it's like to have to deal with the shit. <laughs> then maybe they'll start acknowledging that something that's never killed anybody in the history of its whole history throughout the world should be allowed to be used by people that are suffering. You fucking douchebags. <laughs> just fucking hate people that are too stupid. 
Well, it's not necessarily too stupid. They're too fucking greedy is the problem. They're more worried about their profiteering than they are about anything else. And that's stupid because with the legalization, that includes a huge profit margin also. So instead of sticking the money in all the pharmaceuticals pockets, maybe we'd put the money into our local governments and we could actually do shit with it. We're sitting here talking about how they can't fund this, they can't fund that, what we're going to fund, how we're going to support this and that. It's like, well, simple. Legalize marijuana. <laughs> no one's died from it. The worst problem you got with it, a bunch of kids are doing it. Well, no shit. Because you don't have the regulations set like you do with alcohol and tobacco. Because it's not a worldwide thing. You're separating it by state. If you separate it by state, you can't control it federally. If you can't control it federally, then there are no overall laws for any governing body in the United States. It's not, we live in the United States, but we are so non-united. We are all single. It's like every state has its own laws. Every state has its own beliefs. Every state has its own religion beliefs. I mean, everything is just ridiculously different in every state you drive into. Some states have toll booths. Some states you can't bring fruit into, or plants into, or pets into. And it's just so stupid how we regulate everything in the United States. It's like if we did it all federally, which would make sense if you're going to call it the United States of America then one governing body should govern it all. It should not be separated by state. Your state-funded issues that should be worrying about roadways, about community management, about all that type of stuff, county management, and not worry about something that should be a federal regulated industry. So, I don't know. But what do I know? I'm just an idiot. Suffering a lot. And nobody gives a shit. Alright. Yeah, neuralgias. Neuralgias represent a unique cause of pain for some living with MS. Trigeminal neuralgia. Tick dualurex is pain that travels along the trigeminal nerve or cranial nerve. Five, into the face. The nerve has three branches, a V1, a V2, and a V3, supplying sensation to the forehead, cheek, and jaw, respectively. And trigeminal neuralgia typically affects V2 or V3, which I would say would be the cheek or the jaw. So you don't get forehead issues, and it does go up into when i have it it goes into like my eyeball area jaw teeth side of my face but doesn't go up into my forehead the pain can be intense and debilitating it is described as lightning bolts of shock-like pain shooting into the face yeah that's a good way to say it it can be worsened with talking chewing light touch, or even the wind blowing across your face. 
It may come in episodes lasting days, weeks, or months. It may remit only to return in the future. Trigeminal neuralgia can occur in people without an MS diagnosis as well. Carbamazepine and oxcarbazepine have been their standby therapies and can be quite effective. More refractory cases may need to be referred to a pain specialist or neurosurgeon to consider options such as phenyl injections, a gamma knife, or radiofrequency lesions, or decompressive surgery. A friend of mine just went through surgery for his trigeminal neuralgia. So far, so good. He's had a few little hiccups with it, but I think he's doing all right now. Uh, Occipital neuralgia is another type of nerve pain we see in MS. Like trigeminal neuralgia, it can also occur in those without an MS diagnosis. This pain travels along the greater occipital occipital nerve. (laughs) This nerve exists at the base of the skull and supplies sensation to the scalp on the back of the head. The pain can be similar to trigeminal neuralgia, but is usually not as intense. It may also relapse and remit. You can also use carbamazepine and oxcarbazepine. can be used to manage that. It also responds to an old anti-inflammatory medication called Indomethacin or Indocin. Septical nerve nerve blocks are relatively simple and may provide relief that lasts for months. But yeah, we're out of time, so we're gonna end it there. We'll get back next time we talk into more MS pain related issues since that's what we're dealing with tons of right now. So hopefully, maybe you'll learn something that can help you with your issues if you're having any of them. Hopefully, you're not having all the ones I am because it sucks. But we'll talk to you again soon. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Shit. Keep following under the call of MS, and we'll be back hopefully soon. <laughs>